0: I want to speak to Olivia Kennedy now. Olivia, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, Olivia, you're with Lucy's Trust, is that right? That's right.
1: Yes.
0: Tell me what Lucy's Trust to do because this is this is important. We're on the countdown to Christmas. It often comes up around Christmas time this issue, and uh, let's hope that people have a bit of common sense. Yeah. Well,
1: really, what we're Campaigning for this year is what Dogs Trust has been campaigning for for the last forty years almost and that's to not get a puppy for Christmas. And sadly the message doesn't seem to be getting through, especially in this country. Hence why we've taken it up as a bit of an issue ourselves this time around.
0: So people will be writing to Santa, a little kitties asking for a puppy and mommy or daddy oh. will be ringing Santa and saying, make sure there's a puppy on Christmas morning. It sounds like a naff idea to me.
1: It does, doesn't it? I mean, not least because Christmas is the busiest period in most households in the country, and it's really a ridiculous time to bring in a new puppy or any dog into a house that has zero routine, visitors coming and going, you know, people staying out and coming, and Christmas decorations. Everything really, especially for a small eight-week-old puppy who has never seen anything like that in his entire life, it can be incredibly overwhelming. Um, the second part of that, of course, is that dogs are not gifts, and they're most certainly not gifts for children, because children do not take responsibility for the care, the costs, and the management of that dog. So, if you're getting your child a dog you really need to take a long hard look at yourself because at the end of the day the child is going to go off to school and you're the one who's responsible for that dog and I can't tell you how often between ourselves and other rescues get the call we don't want the dog anymore because the child has you know, lost interest in us yeah, never and- ever give a dog for a child no, for
0: a family, fine. With you on every every word you're saying, I'm not going to argue with any of this. And Olivia, <laughs> you're, you're not just like a a, a charity's representative or a person who loves dogs. You're you're a vet. You're a vet, fully trained yeah. veterinary surgeon. You know what you're yeah, talking please. about. So, what is the best way to go about getting a dog if we genuinely want one and we are focused on it and we've thought about it?
1: I mean, if, if you're totally prepared for the, the commitment that's required, which is a lot of commitment, it's a sentient animal, you know, it's not. I know people do get them and just shove them out in the backyard, but again, makes you wonder why you get a dog in the first place. Obviously, with being involved in a rescue organisation, I would always say adopt. You know, there are so many rescue centres up and down the country who are bummed with dogs, especially at this time of year, what we call dumping season and the Christmas clear out, um, because you find so many adolescent dogs last year's christmas puppies that people weren't prepared for entering their fear periods and being you know marked as behavioral problems aggressive dogs when they're not and dumped dropped off in towns and in rescues up and down the country now obviously an older dog isn't gonna suit all families there will be people who genuinely can open their home to a puppy and provide the training and environment for that puppy and for those people, I mean, aside from going to a rescue, and there are plenty of puppies in rescue at all times, if you're really adamant you want to get a full-bred pup with papers and all the rest of it, then you really need to research your breeder. And by that, I mean just because a dog's kennel club registered means nothing. I could buy a kennel club registered bitch in the morning, meet her with a kennel club registered dog in the afternoon, and sell you the puppies in eight weeks and not give a care. I mean, it's... It's literally just a piece of paper. What you need to be asking your breeder is as many questions as you can think of on anything under the sun. And a good breeder will more than likely allow you to come to the home, their home to meet that puppy long before he's eight weeks of age. Yeah, and the the, most yeah. good, genuine breeders have waiting lists, you know. So if you can buy a puppy in a day, turn up cash over and go home that 's not a good breeder, and you've probably bought yourself an absolute raft of problems behavioral and otherwise yeah it 's not, um, not, not
0: a great idea to meet the person selling the dog at a, a truck uh, at a truck stop along the no. motorway or at, at a, no. a lay by anything like that you should You should Absolutely. be concerned you should be con- you should be concerned
1: very concerned. Yeah. I mean a good breeder is gonna be concerned a genuine good breeder is gonna be concerned about where their puppy's going. So they will really be asking you as many questions and they'll probably want to meet you two or three times. As I say, if it's if it looks too good to be true, if you can hand over your cash and go home then that's not a good breeder, and all you've basically done is lined his pockets to allow him to do it again. And so, as I say, probably bought yourself a raft of issues.
0: Yeah, so Olivia, we're now in a position where we've bought a decent dog, we've made the effort, we've mm-hmm. gone through all <clears> the processes of ensuring that the dog is a welcome member, member of the family, but he or she mm-hmm. is in there, and they're eating the leg off the sofa, uh, they're, you know, they've just chewed the remote control, they can be a quite so, yeah. annoyance, so what, what do you do then?
1: Well there's lots of things you can do then, I mean it depends what age they start that, a lot of dogs will do that just through teething, which is totally normal, if you give them appropriate chew toys give them plenty of exercise play with them, a lot of mental stimulation fun games, enrichment it shouldn't really be a problem and they grow out of it if you're seeing destruction in the house usually specifically when you leave the house when you're not there you know you come home to things chewed and the dog wouldn't chew them when you're there you're probably looking at the beginning of separation anxiety and again that's one of the things that can start in the secondary fear period which starts around six months into when they're just coming into adolescence you can see a lot of changes which are usually marked by people who don't know as bad behavior and the dog's often scolded um, or worse, put outside, or worse again, dumped in a pound or rehomed, which is the ultimate betrayal. Mm, and and just let me not, challenge
0: it, you on one of those things. A couple of times you've said the dog shouldn't be be outside. I've had this discussion on the radio before. Surely a dog is happier spending quite a bit of its time in the open air as opposed to curled up on the sofa.
1: Well, it, it depends on your life. You know, I mean, I have lots of dogs. Well, obviously I have lots of dogs who are going to rescue, have 40 of them. Um, but personally I think if you're going to have a dog he should be a part of your family and it's very hard to have a dog as part of your family when you only see him for two hours a day. If you are working outside all day, every day fine, you know, he'll be happy to talk about behind you, have company and all the rest of it, but they really do need company and it, it just... It's a bit strange to get a dog and just keep him outside at the end of the garden, see him twice a day, walk him twice a day, and he's on his own for the rest of the time. I mean, that's a pretty boring life for a dog, you know. They want to be seeing what's going on, following behind you. Those are the dogs that you end up, you know, and... In towns, anyway, you'll end up with noise complaints because Mm -hmm. the dog has nothing to do. He'll stand there and bark, and he learns that, you know, the voices at the end of the street, I can bark at them, and I can bark at the birds, and, and most of that just comes through boredom.
0: Uh, I see. I've no. I've been knocked by some people who listen to this program. I only allow my dog in the kitchen. He's not allowed, any, and and mm-hmm. I've two dogs, and they they both know the rules. And a click of the mm-hmm. fingers is enough. They will stop at the threshold before they go out into the hallway, and they wouldn't dream yeah. of coming in to where I would be watching the, as you would say, up the country, the bigger television. So uh, I, <laughs> I, I I could sit with all the doors open, and they would stand at the threshold of the hallway. Uh, and looking yeah. but they wouldn't come in <laughs> now I think those dogs are very well trained other people say to me that's cruel your dog should be up the stairs and lapping on the bed I couldn't live in a house that's coming down my dog hair well you wouldn't want
1: to come and visit my house <laughs> no, look I mean at the end of the day it's personal preference if the dog is You know, he's still part of your family, he's still part of your life. You probably spend most of your time, as most people do, in the kitchen area, anyhow. Mm -hmm. You know, um, or that they can see you through the door into the living room. My mum and dad had a dog the same who wasn't allowed up the hall. And she never, from a puppy, if you instill it in them from a puppy, then they'll never try to do it. They know where their boundaries are. Quite often, what you'll see though is people getting the wee puppy, cute puppies in the house, allowed to run of the house. As soon as cute puppy gets big, he's shoved outside. And that's where you see a real change in behaviour as well. And quite often, these dogs have been. Because of behavioural issues, and they're not really issues if they've been dealt with right from the
0: beginning. Okay. one so final, you allow your, yeah, sure. Because I'm almost out of time. But one, one final point uh, regarding them, and it's uh, Matthew that asked it, and I, I just want you to cover it for us. The mm-hmm. tra- training them so as they don't wee in the kitchen or wee in the bedroom. Um, how mm-hmm. how do you go about doing that? What's the best process for toilet training them?
1: Um, persistence and routine and it doesn't really matter what age they are you train a 8 week old puppy exactly the same way as you train an adult dog but you need time to do it, probably about 2 weeks so there's no point in getting a new puppy or you know an untrained, unhouse trained dog and taking off to work the next day it doesn't work like that you need to be with them all the time you need to, you know, with an adult dog certainly have them on a leash with you in the house so that you can take them straight outside praise them every time he goes outside Game of the wee puppy. puppy is every time he wakes up from a nap or has something to eat or at the end of a wee game of play, those are the times the puppy will really need to go to the toilet. Take them outside, stand with them until they wee, shower them with praise. You can use a word like go wee's or something like that, and they'll eventually associate that with what it means. Yeah. And it's just keeping that up. Puppy pads and things in the house just incur- confuse them. You know, and encourage them to go places they shouldn't be. And with a small pup, I would say, you know, a lot of them will sleep through the night, but if they don't, you get up. And you take that puppy outside and you let him go to the toilet outside rather than, a like, he can pee in the corner or whatever. As soon as you get into that habit, you're making your life an awful lot harder.
0: So let me heap praise. Stay with
1: them, keep them with you. Let keep me heap, heap praise. praise.
0: Heap praise, but I'm yeah. going to particularly heap praise upon one dog because you should praise them whenever they make the effort to go outside. Uh, my mother yeah. and my sister live next door to each other, and my mm-hmm. sister's dog is the Best dog. First of all, it spends a lot of time with my mom, who spends a lot of time in the house. So the dog, forever, is in with her and like basically talks to her. The dog is is so yeah. good. It's a Labrador, it can open its own door. What about that for a dog? It can go in and out. <laughs> can he
1: close it behind him?
0: <laughs> he, he, he can. He can go in and out <laughs> through the it. door. Opening it and closing it with his paw. The dog's a genius. Uh, Olivia, it's great great speaking to you and good advice there. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. That's the veterinary surgeon and uh, Lucy's Trust charity organizer, Olivia Kennedy, with some darn good advice about the dog that may not yet be in your life. This is not the time to buy them. Absolutely not. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too.